Hey everyone, it's Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. Welcome to Weigh-Ins, an MMA spinoff series of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing the outcomes of the latest fight night, including Tyrone Woodley's third straight loss ugh, and Kamzat Shemayev's 17-second knockout of Gerard Merchardt. Merchardt. <laughs> And of course, we will be talking about UFC 254, headlined by the fight we've all been waiting for, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. Stick around. All right, let's do this. What's up, guys? I'm AJ, a.k.a. The Ginger. And I'm Reese, a.k.a. The Beard. Before we get in the episode, how has your week been so far? Pretty good, man. Uh, Tuesday, pretty busy Tuesday, actually, with work. But uh, the weather has been beautiful this week. Yes. I'm actually like excited. It's kind of getting cooler outside. I'm Me a too. summer guy. I typically like the summer, which is unusual for a ginger like myself, but... I do enjoy the sunshine and the vitamin D. Um, Always so, more to do. Yeah, it's been super. It was a hot summer, man. So I'm excited. It's cooling off a little bit. Um, been going out for some skate action during the day. I just catch a break from work. Nice. Uh, and not coming back like completely drenched in sweat. So that's <laughs> always fun. Nice, dude. Um, but other than that, yeah, man, pretty pretty chill so far. I'm going to be going to the gym uh, tomorrow morning super early. So you got to get to bed a little bit earlier tonight. But uh, I did actually miss the gym on Monday. Oh, no. Um, so I got this fancy new piece of technology here on my wrist, which we talked about on last episode. Yes. And I did all the things. I set, like, the sleep schedules and all these things. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, at 4.30 in the morning, I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go to the gym. It's like, we'll tap your wrist and play these soft songs to wake you up, like, gently. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. Let's try that. So the next thing I know, it's six in the morning, and I've completely missed the gym. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what a letdown. The yeah. watch just failed me. You need those loud, obnoxious ones that are like sirens. Essentially. You know? What I really need is like one of those alarm clocks that jumps off the table and like rolls around the floor. And you have to like hit it with a Nerf dart in order for it to start stop. It shoots water <laughs> at you and like shocks yeah. you, you know? It's yeah. like a built-in taser. My wife is like the lightest sleeper on the world in the world, so um, anything. My, I'm surprised my watch didn't wake her up, but uh, yeah. So I had to text my buddy Zach and be like, "Dude, I totally slept through my alarm. Felt bad. Left him, left him hanging." But, oh uh, man, it's all good. It's all good. Well, you make it up, make up for it uh, tomorrow, right? You're good make for it tomorrow. I'll be a minute early. <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> nice. What about nice. you, man? How's your two days of the week been so far? Yeah, uh, two days have been good. Um, we uh you know the week so far like who cares there hasn't been anything that happened so far this week the weekend was really nice though um we went out and you know we hit up a couple we hit up two wineries and uh um you know social distanced of course stayed away from everybody the way that they got it all set up is you don't have to be near anyone we also hit up a a, a brewery um two breweries actually now that i now that i think about it now that i'm remembering the events of that day <laughs> um and then we came home and had a fire uh and then the next day we also had a fire so had two fires this weekend like you said man beautiful weather it was perfect fire weather cleaned out the fire pit got it going had a nice fire and uh just relaxed and uh this weekend um you know, I'm going to be traveling up to my home state, my hometown, seeing the family. I haven't seen them since, uh, you know, around Christmas time. So um, it'll be nice to go up there and see them again. I haven't seen them in such a long time. So nice. that'll be really exciting. Um, speaking of which, I guess, you know, we could say it now if you guys are listening. Um, we'll we'll shout it out, you know, on the social medias and whatnot. But, you know, there's not going to be an episode going out uh, this weekend uh, we're not going to be recording this Friday because I'll be I'll be heading I'll be hitting the road on on Thursday, and um, won't be uh, you know just won't be recording. But what I will be doing right now is drinking a sweet, nice, delicious Anderson Valley. This is the loser from last week. <laughs> 
Framboise Rose Gosa. So, nice. uh, yeah, man. Bringing out the uh, bear deer again. Yeah, we got the good old bear deer. If you guys aren't watching the video uh, portion of this episode, the can has a bear with antlers on it drinking out of a stream. It's like a jackalope, but a beerolope. It's like a bearalope, a beerolope. Right? I like that. Yeah, we'll go with that. So, yeah, man. Well, uh, super excited to get into these fights today. I hope you are, too. Yes, sir. Yep. Got I've got my beer here as well. This one, Actually, my brother got me this for my birthday. It's called uh, it's a Green Man Trickster IPA. Really interesting looking can. It's wow. kind of hard to see the reflections from everything. But it's got creepy little faces all over it, like these jesters. Yeah. Um, you know what that, really... that, that reminds me of Batman because it has those question marks on the side. Yeah. And that's like the Riddler. And then you got yeah. like the jesters on the front and that's like the Joker, you know? Yep. How is it? It's really delicious, actually. Very smooth. Awesome. But yeah, we'll save the beer talk for our next regularly scheduled episode because we've got a lot of fight stuff to talk about let's get into that man so we had a fight night this past weekend if you guys didn't see it you missed a great night of fights i would highly suggest maybe even pausing this episode going and watching the recaps the highlights or maybe even replaying the fights altogether if you're an espn plus subscriber um it was a really exciting night of fights man i'm glad like usually there are some fight nights where i don't tune in for the live events but i'm glad this is one that i chose to watch me too yeah i didn't catch all of them uh was celebrating my wife's birthday but uh i caught the last uh three well three and a half i guess because i caught the end of i caught the end of johnny walker and ryan span yeah um but uh you know from what i was reading and looking at dude it looked like the rest of the card and the prelims too were just awesome so yeah definitely really excited to talk about these yeah, tons to go over. We'll focus on, I think we should focus on just like the top four fights of the main card. Um, you know, but again, I suggest going back and watching that entire entire night. But speaking of Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann, man, what a fight, dude. Crazy, short fight. You know, obviously Johnny Walker's been a big prospect in the division for a while now. Um, so it's always, always exciting to watch him. He's a very unpredictable, interesting style fighter. And Ryan Spann's definitely nothing to to turn up your nose at you know um so this was a great one going in and i think i'm pretty sure i'd have to look back to say for sure but i think johnny walker was definitely the favorite going into it um but he got wobbled early like early in the first round got wobbled and uh looked like he was going to get put away for a second i know you said you caught the end of it but um it was quick man (laughs) he was in danger there for a second yeah round one Round one, two minutes and 43 seconds in, I saw that. You know, Johnny Walker, you know, um, he's kind of like, he kind of like moves in like a kind of like a goofy kind of manner, you know? Yeah. It doesn't seem like he always has his feet under him. And you could see that in his fight. I, I saw the highlights and like the, you know, he got rocked the first time and he just, his like his feet just like kind of like left him, you know? It right, was kind of right. weird. And then even the second time, they both rocked each other, but, like, Ryan Spann didn't fall down. It was Johnny Walker, like, fell to the ground but got up immediately. Yep. And, um, you know, it was uh, – I don't know. I just – I wonder if he has trouble with balance because he's, like, so tall. I'm not sure. Probably. I mean, he's a very tall, lanky guy. But, uh, you know, so eventually he came he came to his senses, and he ended up putting away Ryan Spann with the KO uh, victory. Very exciting fight. I mean, I guess for me, I'm just wondering who's next for Johnny Walker. I mean, there's a lot of prospects in that division, the light heavyweight division. Um, but also, you know, obviously we'll be talking about light heavyweight here in a second when we talk about the fights coming up this week or coming up this weekend. But, like, who do you think's next for Johnny Walker? you think he should continue? I mean, obviously he's going to probably go up a couple spots in, in the, divi- in the uh, rankings. But I'm trying to figure out who would be the best fight for him next. Um, yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, he's definitely had some trouble recently. It's good that he got a win under his belt. He beat Corey Anderson back in November and Corey Anderson, I think was in the top. I think he was ranked in like the top, definitely the top 10. He might've been in the top five at the time. Uh, but then, but then Johnny Walker lost to Nikita Krylov and, um, I'm sorry. He lost to Corey Anderson. He didn't beat 
Corey Anderson. I, I misspoke there. Sorry. He lost to Corey Anderson and he lost to Nikita Krylov, but he beat Misha Serkinov prior to that. Yep. Um, so he hasn't really, I don't think Ryan Spann's in the top 10. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. No, he's currently ranked 12. Ranked well, 12. he's ranked 12 now. I think the, I think the rankings updated as of today. So okay. He may have been, I mean, he may have been 11 or 10 at the time, but now Johnny Walker's actually, as we speak live breaking news, Johnny Walker now in the top 10, he's a, he's a number 10 contender. In the oh, light heavyweight man. division, they gave him so number ten. Him. No way. Gave him number ten. Now he's broken into the top ten. But I see what you're saying. I mean, he hasn't had like that great of a streak compared to some of the other guys who are in that division. But then you've also got guys like Anthony Smith who are on a little bit of a losing streak themselves. Yeah. So that's that's what I was gonna say. Is you know, do you put Anthony Smith against Johnny Walker? Because Anthony Smith kind of needs to like redeem himself at this point. Um, I kind of feel like I don't. I don't think they should put Anthony Smith for Anthony Smith's sake. I don't think they should put him against uh, Johnny <laughs> Walker. I think I would like to see Anthony Smith against like a Ryan Span. Two guys coming off of losses, you know, uh, got to fight it out to see who's gonna, you know, who's really gonna show show themselves. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Johnny Walker already lost to. I'm sorry. Hold on. Before I before I keep talking, let me get my. Let me get my story straight. He already lost to Nikita Krylov, and so Nikita Krylov's ranked number nine. I could see him, you know, having that rematch again, um, but I also wouldn't mind seeing him fight Vulcan Uzdemir. So Johnny yeah. Walker, my my thoughts are Johnny Walker versus Vulcan Uzdemir. Um, you know, that's 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 where I think he goes from here. Yeah, I agree with that, man. Vulcan's also got a his last fight was in let's see. Oh wait, no, he fought this year. Anthony July. Smith. Yeah. No, Vulcan. His last fight was against Jiri Prokzak. Oh, I'm thinking of Glover Teixeira. You're right. Yeah, Vulcan Uzdemir, yes. and he lost that fight, right? Vulcan. Yeah, did. he did. He did lose that fight, uh, but he won the two leading up to that. So, um, you know, he's ranked currently. Let's see. Seven. Uh, he's ranked seventh right now. Ranked number seven. So yeah, I could see that fight happening. Um, you know, I think it was even an article that came out after his fight in July, and he's like, look, guys, I just want to fight. He's like, you know, it doesn't matter if you give me somebody who's climbing the ranks or even unranked. I just want to fight. Um, so, you know, that could be a, a, a good matchup. Yeah. But obviously lots of talent in that light heavyweight division, and we'll see how things go after this weekend. Um, shake things up a little bit. Speaking of talent, our next fight, man. Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh, Kamzat Shemeya versus Gerard Mearshart. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say here. It was yeah. a 17-second fight. Oh my god, some controversy going into it where Kamzat's saying, "Oh, you're nothing. You know, I'm going to smash you, brother." And then you got <laughs> Gerard Mearshart getting disrespected because Kamzat's getting double booked. Well, it doesn't seem like it after the fact. Now, I'm not sure if the Damian Maya fight's happening based on the post-fight press conference um, or what the next fight is going to be. Um, right. But um, yeah, man, you got to feel bad for Jared Mearshart because he got he got disrespected, and then you go in there, and uh, yeah. Uh, Man, let me break it down real quick. If you go back and watch the replay, Kamzat pushes Gerald's like left hand back, and it you, it almost like it distracts him, and then he steps on Gerard's foot with his foot. If you go back and watch this, he pushes his hand back and then he steps on his foot and then he gives him this like it starts out as a looping right hook and then it ends up as a straight right in right on the button yeah. and Gerald just goes down instantly, dude. And yep. and it's just so crazy that like it was so fast. He stepped on his foot like this guy he's getting his hand pushed back and somebody just stepped on his foot. I would be like so distracted by that. And then you get punched in the draw. Of course, he's going to get knocked out, man. It was crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts, man. I, I, I didn't know that he stepped on his foot. I, I need to go back and watch that because that's that's kind of funny. I, like, I wonder if that was his strategy. I kind of doubt it, but I was shocked, man. Literally, my jaw touched the floor. Just complete disbelief that that just happened. Um, you know, all this stuff going in. I was kind of pulling for Ger Gerald, Gerald, however you pronounce his name. 
um, going into it just because of the fact that he was double booked on top of, you know, like he a little bit disrespected, you know, so I was kind of like thinking maybe at least give him a good fight, at least give Kamzat his, his toughest fight yet. But that wasn't the case, you know, I, and that when that happened, I just literally jaw hit the floor. I mean, I'm curious. I wonder if Dana feels justified in his decision to to uh, double book Kamzat at this point. And again, like you said, we don't really know for a fact when he would be facing Damian Maia or even if. And I've even seen some headlines out there that he may even fight again before, before his matchup with Damian Maia, which is like literally two weeks away. So like he's gonna like what are they gonna do? Find a spot for him on like next week's fight card? I don't understand. Um, exactly. Like, what kind of record is this guy going to set for, like, most consecutive fights within, like, a 30-day period? And wins in the, like, first round. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's insane. But, yeah, he, I, Dana said it right after after the fights at the press conference. He said, no, maybe it might might it might it not be Damian Maia. It might be somebody else. Yeah, I think he even said, I'm not sure if Damian Maia is ready for that. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. It's, right. it's crazy. You know, is it? Is it beginner's luck? I don't think so. Um, you know, it, the guy just has a lot of talent, a lot of power. I, I mean, it's very impressive and exciting to watch. These are the kind of people you want to have in the sport and draws in the crowds and the and the money, obviously. Yeah. Um, I was looking at some of the statistics, and I think he's absorbed, literally, in his last three fights, Kamzat has absorbed two shots in three fights. He's been punched two times in his last three fights and he's he's given out over 200 strikes oh which my is, lord which is a low number mind you 200 is a very low number for three fights um that just means that's how quickly he's been putting people away and how much how little damage he's been taking so of course he's ready for another fight um jeez it's crazy but i do want to offer just put up put out a correction really quick on a previous episode we said he was from a dagestan he was another dagestani he looks like he's a dagestani he looks like a khabib but it's actually i looked it up he's actually swedish he was born in chechnya which is about five hours from dagestan but he is actually swedish so just a, a real quick correction there um but man what an exciting fight feel oh, bad for man. gerald um but great job to kamzak can't wait to see him fight again yeah, yeah, he's calling out people like George Jorge Masvidal, and and after the fights, he was, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a commotion between him and Kamara Usman, you know, and Kamara's just like, you know, good for him, you know, uh, keep riding that hype train, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, who that knows? Maybe they'll fight. maybe they'll be fighting each other someday, but uh, maybe we'll one see. day. He's still got some. I'm wondering if he's ranked yet. Um. Um, well, first off, which weight class would we look at, right? That's true, because he's just fighting, was it middle and welter? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, middle and welter. His last fight was middleweight, I think. Yeah, he's not on the, not on the board yet. Yeah, not yet. Kind of a shocker, but. Damian Maya's ranked number six at welterweight, so, like, um, you know, it would be crazy if they put, put him up against Tyrone Woodley. (laughs) <laughs> why though just why just to we'll see tyron just keep anyway we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that in a second but before <laughs> we get there let's talk about the co-main event of the night cowboys Cerrone versus nico price yeah damn it man i'm i want cowboy to get a win i think more than cowboy wants to get a win like you can't help man. but the pull for cowboy he's like the most likable guy in the sport i feel like um just can't again, catch just, a break yeah, it just wasn't his night. I knew going into this that Nico Price was going to be a hard matchup for him. Nico again, another really really unorthodox fighter. You never know where he's going to get you he's where he's going to attack you from. He's only one he's one of only two fighters who in the UFC who has gotten a KO from uh an up kick. And he's had like another couple of like like just crazy like I think it was like a backwards like spinning elbow knockout some some crazy knockouts this guy has. Yeah. Um, so I knew this would be an interesting one for Cowboy, and uh, it wasn't looking good in the first round. So in the first round, Cowboy was getting getting beat up on pretty bad, and Nico was giving it you know a hundred percent. It seemed like in that first round, and fortunately, Cowboy was able to kind of withstand that, and Nico got I wouldn't say gassed because that guy's got unlimited gas tank, but 
he definitely didn't have quite the spunk in the following rounds, which is probably in Cowboy's benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's what it kind of seemed like. Um, you know, uh, it just didn't seem like Cowboy could ever really get going, though, you know? in Historically, if you look at Cowboy fights, usually he comes out pretty slow, and then he starts picking up the pace as the rounds go on. So, I mean, I guess that kind of happened here, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't fast enough. It wasn't enough. Um, and, you know, we know that it ended in a draw. There was some eye pokes that happened. You know, Nico was obviously having some trouble keeping his hands closed. And, yep. you know, yeah. finally, uh, well, it, the inevitable happens. A, a point gets taken. Um, and, well, the fight results in a draw. But... Honestly, I feel like that hurts a little bit more for Cowboy because yeah. he knows that if it wasn't for those eye pokes, it would have been a loss, and it would have been another loss for him, which is sad, but, I mean, is does he kind of just not really have the gusto anymore? Who who was his last win against? Um, It's been – I think he's on like a three-fight losing streak at this point. I'm trying to remember who he beat last. Um. But while you look that up, uh, speaking about the finger, the finger, the eye pokes, um, actually, there was a, an article that came out saying that Dana White has looked at alternative MMA gloves to curb eye pokes. Um, you know, I haven't really read fully into this yet, so I'm not sure if they're actually looking at a decision. But um, there's a UFC coach. It's actually Justin Gaethje's coach. His name is Trevor. Uh, I can't remember Trevor's last name. Trevor Whitman. Uh, Trevor Whitman, thank you. He actually has a company, and I also don't know the name of his company. I feel very ill-prepared, so if you wouldn't mind looking at his name of his company really quick. Sure. Trevor Whitman has a, a company where he, he actually designs and stitches himself MMA equipment. So one of the thir- first things he made was MMA gloves, alter- alternative MMA gloves, which he his fighters train with. Um, and he sells these things, and he's trying to get a contract with – different promotions he's talked to the ufc obviously about it but he's developed a a glove that is designed to prevent eye pokes and what he has said and i've got gathered all this from the um, joe rogan's podcast he he was on there one time with justin gaethje according to him the gloves that the ufc uses has like a hard material like right in the palm you know and it's very unnatural like your hand naturally wants to kind of like this is a resting position for my hands. Yeah. But the way the gloves are designed, the resting position is like outstretched, like this. So the fighter actually has to put effort into closing their fists when they throw a punch. Um, so his gloves design allow the hand to naturally close up like this and not have fingers outreached, and it's easier for the fighter's hands to close up when they throw a punch. Um, and Joe Rogan even tried them on during his show and talked about how far superior they were to the UFC's gloves. Did you happen to find the name of his, his company? Yeah, it's uh, ONX, ONX, Onyx, uh, Onyx, yeah. Incorporated. And uh, in the gloves, they, they the gloves really do look like boxing gloves almost, um, you know, but the, the fingers are exposed. So the fingers are still exposed, but like at first glance, they look like boxing gloves. The thumbs are not exposed um, from what I'm seeing here, um, you know, so it just, it just looks like it takes care of that whole extending your fingers problem. It keeps them curved in yeah, and, uh, you know, prevents the eye pokes, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, that's such an issue, man. Like we've seen before Jeremy Stevens versus, was it Yair Rodriguez? Like got poked so bad in the eye that his eye literally like was unable to open up. And they yep. had to stop that fight. Like, it just sucks to have a fight stopped on something like that. And not to mention, some of these guys are just so, you know, have so much pride. And they've trained so long for these fights that if they get poked in the eye, if they're able to open that eye and, like, you know, even if they can't see, if they don't have 100% of their vision back, they're going to keep fighting on. And then at that point, it's a disadvantage for them, which is just an unfortunate situation. Yep. But, you know, regardless, Cowboy was able to push through that. Nico even got an eye poke himself by through by Cowboy. I think it was even like a double eye poke. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, yeah, you mentioned it. Nico, Nico lost a point from the eye pokes. If he wouldn't have lost the point, it would have been a win. You know, and uh, it would have been a, another number in his win column. Yep. But yeah, it was so weird after the fight. Like they called draw, 
and Nico was like <laughs> celebrating. He's like, I yeah, know. yeah. And he, he got, he got in, he got in Donald's face and Donald, just the look on Donald's face, man. Yeah. Just the look of pure defeat and looking at Nico, like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Why are you excited about this? This sucks. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, tough, tough night for Cowboy. I did see something earlier that he's, he said, I'm not retiring. I'm not giving up. Um, but in the you in the post fight press conference, Dana White said essentially word for word. He said, "Donald, Donald and I need to have a conversation." Um, you know, he obviously Donald doesn't want to give up, but I guess Dana's got to have a real candid conversation with him. Like, you know, is this the time where we need to reconsider what's happening here? Um, so, sucks yeah. for Cowboy. Um, so those gloves are called X Factor training gloves. Um, on uh, onxsports.com, if you want to go check them out, there's pre-order available right now for $309, a couple different sizes, 12, 16, and 18 ounces, so anybody out there wants to go check those out, onxsports.com, they're X-Factor gloves. Awesome. Well, I think we've arrived at the main event of the evening, the fight we've all been waiting to talk about and bash, Tyron Woodley. <laughs> oh, no, lost oh, the oh sorry shit he's falling asleep my bad he's falling asleep my bad. tyron woodley versus colby covington man let's just get your initial thoughts up front i've been saying this for the past like at least a year now about tyron woodley just he's just not good man he's just not good he used to have that right hand knockout power and that's all he ever had. And he's always gone around being like, oh, the best, you know, welterweight, you know, one of the best welterweights of all time, blah, 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 blah. He, this guy's not an MMA fighter. This guy is a one punch knockout artist yeah. and he can't pull the trigger. If yeah. if you have one move and that's your move, you better do that move. You're not going <laughs> to win. He hasn't. He's not doing that move. He's not getting that one punch, no. and uh, he's not winning, dude. He's just been getting bullied every time by these guys, and I don't understand how he can have a background in wrestling, but get pushed up against the cage. At one point during the fight, his coach is yelling at him, "Turn the corner, get off the cage," and he takes a moment, pauses, looking at his coach, and says. Yes, coach. I'll get off the cage soon, coach. No, 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 dude. You don't look at your coach and say, yes, coach, I'll get off the cage soon. You just get the, get off the cage. Right. Dude, right. put it in gear. Do what you, do your job. This guy's out here sleeping. I don't even think he broke a sweat, man. I don't think so either. I mean, in his credit, <clears throat> in his credit, to his credit, in the first round, I was actually shocked. I'm like, oh, my. OK, he actually came out. He's actually moving. He was trying to be first. Like he was trying to, you know, put on the pressure. That lasted all of like a minute and a half or something like that. Um, you know, he was throwing a couple different, a couple different look, giving a couple different looks, like changing levels. You know, throwing a left hand here and there, doing putting it, putting in a couple jabs. Um, but the second that that Colby Covington shot for the takedown, got the takedown. That completely changed the tempo of the entire fight yep. for the remainder of all f the rest of the, the fight. Um, and he went right back to where he was last fight, like you just said. Yep. Getting pushed up against – not even just getting pushed up against the cage. Like he was just retreating back to the yeah. cage. Right. Like I'm sure if, if there wasn't a fence there, he would back all the way up out the arena and be like gone down the street. Like what, what are you doing? If you're not there, if your heart's not there to fight, then just don't get in the cage. Like – yeah. If you don't if you don't have fight in you anymore, then find something else, man. Like just go and do something else. But Colby Covington was having none of that. Um and I was right. actually pretty impressed by Colby. Um you know, I think he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder just after that that loss to Kamaru. He had some, some something to prove, I feel like even though that was a great fight. Um but just having that loss, he had something to prove and he came out and showed his kickboxing skills which he used to kind of set up his wrestling and just impose his will on Tyron. I mean, the whole fight, he was just in complete, it was complete dominance. Yeah. Um, as yep. I think a lot of people expected. 
and and Tyron just just doesn't he just doesn't have it. I mean, like where where has Tyron Woodley gone? <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I think like you said, I mean, like he's always looking for that counter right hook, overhand right hook to kind of seal the deal, but everyone's wised up to it. They're not going to let that happen. Um, and as long as they stay in close with them, push them up against that cage, like that's all they need to do. Yeah, man. That's I think they figured it out is just just bully him and and he's not going to do anything against you if you just bully him, which is so weird, you know, because of all the animosity, you know, yeah. two years ago between these guys and and, you know, the, the pre fight, you know, weigh ins and pre fight press conference. They didn't even have a pre fight press conference. Col- uh, Tyrone didn't show up. It was just Colby and. There was no animosity. There was no buildup. There was like nothing, man. It was it yeah. was flat. And you would think a guy that was saying, "Man, I want to kill this guy," two years ago would want to show up and start talking shit. And yeah. it it just didn't happen. It was yeah. uh, it was a bit of a letdown, I think. Um, but you know, to your point, bravo to Colby. I thought he really came out. I think he had a good game plan. He executed that game plan perfectly, and. Um, you know, uh, Tyrone broke his rib in the end. So, <laughs> and in the end, uh, Tyrone broke his rib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys didn't watch the fight, uh, spoiler alert. But yeah, he, he, um, it was weird. I mean, like it was a couple of couple of times in the fight that Tyrone actually tried to get a submission. What was he trying to get? Was it a guillotine or something? Yeah, it was or? a gu- Well, he was starting with getting a guillotine and then he changed it to a um oh i can't remember what it's called um it's basically where you like put your fingers together and you like put it under the person's chin and just like pull up on it it's not it's not like against a fighter like it's not gonna work um but yeah yeah so he was on his back colby was on top of him apparently his rib had popped at some other point during the fight but he was on his back he was trying to pull out a submission on colby um, it looked, it looked, you know, futile. Like it wasn't going to go anywhere. He clearly was not going to win that fight, but then he tweaked his body in some sort of way that just broke his rib. And he just started kind of screaming out and they stopped the fight at that point. And later x-rays, x-rays came out and showed that he actually had a broken rib. Yeah. So that definitely sucks for him. Um, you know, definitely. I mean, regardless of what you think about the guy, you don't like to see fighters get injured in that kind of, in that kind of way. But um, I mean, I don't think there was any saving that fight on his part. He wasn't going to pull that, that one out. So yeah. it is what it is. It's kind of like insult to injury kind of deal, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, speaking of Dana's press conference after the fight, he again mentioned for Tyron Woodley, he might want to start looking at, like, what's next. You know, um, this might, you know, might not be – more fights might not be – where he needs to go with his career and, and Rashad Evans and Kamara Usman actually were on like the post fight, um, you know, panel or whatever you want to call it. Rashad, obviously, you know, being retired, he said that he looks, it looks like Tyron Woodley's in a similar position as he was towards the end of his career. Um, and, you know, it might be time to consider some things. And Kamara Usman even said that, you know, if your heart's not in it, if you don't have that same drive and same passion for it, maybe it's time to look at something different. So you've got fighters saying it, you've got the the president of the UFC saying it, you've got media saying it, and maybe it's time to listen to those people or make a change. You know, he's still in obviously pretty good physical condition. I think it's all mental for Tyron Woodley. If he doesn't make a change in his training regimen or his just, you know, bag of tricks, I don't think there's many more W's in his future. Yeah, I think that, you know, I I, I don't see him coming back ever. I don't think that, first off, I don't think he actually has the skill set to beat either Gilbert Burns or um, um, Kamara Usman. I actually don't think that he has the technical skill set to beat those guys. I think that if he's going to win those fights, it's going to have to, it's going to be a a one-punch knockout. It's going to be luck, you know, maybe luck, mostly luck, I think, but uh, yeah, uh, I just don't see it happening, man. In my opinion, you know, he ought to hang up the gloves. He's probably made his money. I know he's got, he's kind of, uh, you know, got a, a lot of other income sources, uh, you know, that he can he can draw from. So I don't think he necessarily needs to fight. And uh, I know that he's 
done commentating for the UFC, and I don't think he's that bad at that. So I mean, he could he could do it. Not 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 yeah. for the fights, but he's been doing like the post fights and stuff exactly. like that. Yeah, that's what we've said before. Is like, dude, if you're smart, it's just like the NFL, it's just like NFL players. Like if you start to reach the end of your career, you've you've reached kind of you're almost you're approaching forty. You're exiting your peak physical condition. You've been injured a few times. Like, you should go ahead and start exploring your option. Like, Jason Witten, tight end for the Cowboys, went on to be a fantastic um, commentator for the NFL, even though he went and started playing again at some point last season, I believe. But the same goes for the UFC. Like, retired fighters is is actually what the sport needs, in my opinion. You know, we've got a great um, color commentating staff as it is already. I don't think we need really more of those at this point. But judges, post-fight commentators, like just general coverage of the sport, you know, could could you can't do better than somebody who's actually been in there before and can actually contribute to some of the, you know, knowledge of what you're actually watching. I think that the judges should be fighters. I think that a, a lot of others have said that before as well. But you have so many fighters that are out of the game now. They could be judges. You know, they could be doing it. And they know the fights, you know, for the most part. Some of them don't. Some of them do. But your top-level fighters that have been champions, you know, you yeah. know, le- leverage them to be your judges. Right. Yeah, I agree. So I think that about does it for the fight night. We spent a lot of time on that, but it was a lot to talk about. Man, like I said, exciting fight. I almost like want to go back and rewatch some of those just for fun just because it was such an amazing night. But we've got something even more exciting coming up this weekend. UFC 253, Saturday night on pay-per-view. I cannot wait to watch this. Uh, I think we want to cover, really what we're going to cover right now is the two main events. So the co-main, the two title fights. Um, is I think what we should what yeah. we should spend our time on. Cool. Um, and we've talked about them in the past before, but the time is now, so we can't we can't ignore these. How excited are you for Dominic Reyes versus Jan Block? Bl- How do you say it? Blockowitz or Blockowitz? I think it's. I've heard people. I've heard people say it both ways. Blahovitz? Maybe Blah- it is. Maybe it's Blahovitz. Blahovitz. I always thought it was Blockowitz, but actually Blahovitz <laughs> sounds right too. Um. All right, so how do I feel about this? I I think that these two guys are at uh, the top of their game right now. I think certainly when we saw Dominic Reyes fight um, against John Jones, it was phenomenal. You know, I, I still say that he beat John Jones, and I, in my opinion, he is the t- he is the champion right now. Um, you know, and then we go we go look at uh, Jan Black uh, Blockowitz. Um, he has been on a tear. Uh, he bet he beat Corey Anderson um, in his last fight and that was Corey Anderson's last bout in the UFC um, uh, kind of a sad story there because he knocked Corey Anderson out and Corey Anderson out, had some medical problems after that uh, which yeah, really yeah. sucks but it just goes to show the power that black Blackowitz had he beats um, he beat Souza in a decision he broke uh, Luke Rockhold's jaw Um you know, but he did actually lose to Tiago Santos yeah. back in February of 2019. And Tiago Santos is still ranked higher than Jan uh, Blackowitz. But Tiago Santos is fighting Glover Teixeira. Or, or actually, I think that fight got canceled, didn't it? Oh, did it? You know what? Don't quote me on it. Last thing I saw was that they were fighting, but I thought something had happened. Um that you know might have got that fight canceled but you know i said it before it's i didn't i was surprised that tiago santos wasn't fighting dominic reyes so um that all being said i think that jan blackowitz has a lot of power um if you're gonna ask me right now who i think is gonna win i think that dominic reyes not only has the power but he's got so much speed in his punches and accuracy in his punches he's a sharpshooter Jan yeah. Blakowicz is is throwing cannonballs at you. Dominic <laughs> Reyes is shooting rockets at you. Okay, like I'm. So, in in my opinion, I think Dominic Reyes is going to take this. But I, you know, it's either I feel like it's going to be a knockout either way. It's going to be I a agree. knockout on one side. I don't really see this thing going to a decision. 
I personally think that Dominic Reyes is going to knock Jan Blakowicz out in the first or second round. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I would like to see, just because we have been having a lot of like really quick fights, I want to see this go in, at least into the third or fourth round. But I do c- agree with you that I think Dominic Reyes will pull this one out. Jan Blakowicz, I mean, he's been ha- he's had a g- lot of great fights, like you mentioned. But that last fight against Corey Anderson, again, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning the skill set of any of these athletes, okay? But if you rewatch that fight, it ended in the first round. You know, I I don't want to say lucky. Lucky's a bad way to, to phrase it. But, like, he got a clean shot on Corey Anderson as Corey Anderson was approaching and just was right. You know, the timing was perfect. The, the position was perfect. And, you know, Corey Anderson went out. He didn't see yeah. it coming, and he went out. So does that really showcase all of Jan Blakowicz's skill set? I don't really know. You know, on the other hand, you've got Dominic Reyes, who's in, has proved himself by lasting five rounds against the greatest light heavyweight of all time, John Jones. Um, and like you said, many would, many, many would say that he won that fight. I would definitely be in that corner with you. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great fight. I love your analogy of the rockets and cannonballs. <laughs> It's going to be a slugfest. I mean, we're definitely not going to see this go to the ground, I don't think. I think, I, I believe Jan's got a couple of submission victories in his uh, repertoire, but yeah. I, don't, I don't foresee this one going to the ground. Yeah, he submitted um, He submitted uh, Nikita Krylov and um, uh, somebody else. I can't remember, but I, I don't see this going to the ground. And, and so here's here's a little bit of fight math, I guess you could say is he beat Souza. Souza's not known for his striking. Souza's known for his submission game. So Blackowitz was able to stay out of that submission game and he got a decision win. Didn't knock Souza out. Some other people have knocked him out, but Blackowitz didn't knock Souza out. He did knock Rockhold out, but I think Rockhold's way past his prime yeah. and he was looking sloppy. He lost to Santos. Santos is a superior striker. I again think that Santos and Rays are fairly close. And we saw Santos' performance against um, John Jones, who some also say Santos potentially could have taken that, depending on who the judges were that night. Um, and if his knees didn't get blown out. Yeah. So so that all being said, Blackowitz, um, you know, as a striker, uh, you know, he's really not knocking out a whole lot of people. You know, uh, more recently he has been getting some knockouts, so, so that's good. But um, I'm just not 100% sure on his striking game compared to the performances. Based on looking at his performances compared to some of the other performances we've seen be, be, behind um, Dominic Reyes, uh, I just, you know, my money's on Reyes, man. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm kind of salty still that the, the UFC didn't make Dominic Reyes versus Tiago Santos the title the title fight. I just don't understand why Pitt. I mean, I, I can see Glover Teixeira versus Tiago Santos. That's going to be a great fight. But why not put the two guys who questionably could have stopped John Jones, Dominic Reyes may have, depending on who the judges were, Tiago Santos... Definitely could have had he not destroyed, obliterated both of his knees in that fight. Could have put John Jones away. Um, that would have been an amazing fight. Regardless, if Dominic wins, you know, and he does take the belt, I hope. And if Tiago wins against Glover Teixeira, I hope they make that fight. Yeah, because that's the one that I really want to see. Yeah, me too. That's definitely the fight. <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I don't know if I see Dominic Reyes as having, you know the type of career that John Jones had per se. Um, yeah. Cause I don't know how good his wrestling game is. So somebody with a really good wrestling background, ground and pound could come in and, you know, do something about that. But also I don't think John, John Jones tried to take Dominic down and wasn't able to. So there's something to say about that. I think you're right. I think you're right. So yeah. moving on to our main event this Saturday, we all know it. We all have been waiting for it. Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. Man, I can't wait for this. To be honest, man, like, I, if this was the only fight on the card, like, I would be super stoked. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the one I've been waiting for for, like, months at this point. Oh, these guys are monsters. They're both undefeated in the UFC. 
Holy crap, dude. I can't somebody's losing their egg this weekend. Oh, good point. Somebody's losing Man. their egg. It's it's even higher stakes now that you put it that way. Unless it's a draw. Um, yeah, I mean and <laughs> unless it's a draw. Please don't be a draw. <laughs> if it's a draw, like I mean, I don't see We that. get to see it again, possible. I guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nah. Yeah. If it's a if it's a close fight, they'll probably give it to Israel because that's how the judges do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I mean, we've covered this. We've we've talked about it a couple of different times. Just to get it out of the way, I my I think Israel's going to pull this out, just based on his technical striking abilities. Even though Paolo's come out and said that he he thinks he has superior you know striking and accuracy over top of Israel, I don't know that that's actually statistically true. Um, but I just think that the that the style bender will use his style his style. Um, against Paolo Costo, he's evasive, he's elusive. You know, Paolo's going to be coming out with the bombs, trying to take him out, put him away. But I think Israel will be able to survive. I don't know. I mean, we've always, we've talked about it. Everyone's got a punching chance. Um, I think Paolo's got more than a punching chance. Yeah. But we've seen Israel in deep waters. We've seen him take damage. We've seen him get knocked down, recover, and still pull out a win. Just with his sheer, you know, uh, accuracy and skill set. So I think that's my, that might be what we see on display again this Saturday. So I certainly think that this is going to be the biggest test for both of these guys. This is their biggest test, of course. And it's crazy that, you know, this this kind of test is coming at the top of both of their games. Um, you know, Israel, we have seen him rocked a couple times. I don't think we've ever seen Paulo Costo costa rocked um and he got hit with some some nasty shots when he fought yoel and he hit yoel with some nasty shots shots that would put anybody else on the canvas um so that's interesting he walks around at like 215 which is 30 pounds higher than he fights at which i think is absolutely insane the one thing that Israel really has going for him. And he usually has this on anybody that he's fighting against. First off, he's 6'3", Paulo Costa's 6'1", but Israel's got an 80-inch reach, and that's uh, to to Paulo's 72-inch reach. So he's got an 8-inch reach advantage, and, I mean, he's a world-class, probably one of the best kickboxers there, it, there are. So, I mean, he's got all that skill coming into the game, but Paulo Costa's a tank, He's an absolute tank. He's going to yeah. he's going to keep walking Israel down and he's going to try and get in his face and he's going to try and make something happen. But Israel is very elusive. Um, he's got great head movement. He's, you know, stings like a bee, floats like a butterfly. He does all that good stuff. And um, I, and I think, honestly, he wants people to walk him down, because if you if you're walking him down, he's able to counter strike you and. He's able to put together his magic on you. If you're staying far away from him, that he's got to come after you. I think he'd much prefer you come after him. Um, so this is going to be this is going to be an interesting fight. I think there's going to be a lot of they're going to be running around the cage the whole time, and and Paula's going to be chasing him down the whole time, and Israel's going to be on the counter. He's going to be on the counter attack game the whole time, and Paula's going to be chasing him and trying to catch him. And yeah, you know, frankly, I'm like I don't know. I don't know who to call on this one. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at Paulo Costa's record even before he came into the UFC. Um, his professional record right now, before he got into the UFC, I'm counting them. I'm counting them right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine round one stoppages, knockouts, um, and one rear, one submission by rear naked choke. That's what that was his record coming into the UFC. Jeez. All of those his first round finishes. His his UFC fights have been three different second round knockouts and one unanimous unanimous decision and that was against Yul Romero. So the guy if he if he take if I don't know I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking that if Israel can last the first couple of rounds Costa hasn't seen the championship rounds yet. Um, he hasn't seen rounds four and five yet. So I guess it's yet to be determined, like, what does his actual gas tank look like? Um, you know, we've seen what Izzy's looks like. We know he can last 
and we know he he maintains that accuracy and that and that skill throughout. So I'll be interested in seeing. I, I feel like if Costa's is going to win this, it's going to be in rounds one or two. Yeah, you know, it's going to be a big bomb that puts Izzy away, and I think my jaw again will hit the floor. Jeez, uh, <laughs> I might cry a little bit. We'll see. Um, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that, that's just that's crazy. I think I think that Izzy's definitely got he's better on the technical side for sure. But we saw him get rocked in his fight against Calvin Gastelum, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just interested to see. I mean, he did he did take a a pretty big punch from Yoel Romero though, and that didn't rock him. Right. Um. So I don't know. I I just think if uh, if Paulo lands the right punch, we're gonna see Izzy knocked out. And Izzy has had his lights out before. If you go back. Uh, he did lose one of his uh, kickboxing fights and got knocked out clean. Got hit on the button. The button, the lights turned off. And I, <laughs> I mean, I could kind of see. I, I can't see Paula Costa getting knocked out by Izzy. First off, I don't see that happening. But I can see Izzy getting knocked out by Paula. So, um, yeah. Oh man, it's rough. I like Izzy more. Uh, I want him to win, but we'll see. Yeah, they're both pretty likable guys. It's kind of hard to choose, but I do like is Israel as well. I feel like he's earned his position. You know, I think this is only the fifth fight for Paulo in, in the UFC. I don't know how long Izzy's actually been in the UFC, but um, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I, I I see Israel winning this fight. I like him better as a as an individual. So well, you know, we'll see. We'll see in just a couple couple of days. We'll we'll see, and we'll be we'll be chatting about it in the next iteration of weigh in. So make sure you guys stick around for that. But uh, I think we had a couple other more like news news focused stories to kind of close out the show. Do you want to kick us off with that? Yeah, we got a couple things to talk about just real quick. Just kind of getting into the fighter pay thing again. Um, Jessica Rose Clark had a big win this past weekend. If you guys saw it against uh, Sarah Alpar, it was a it was a good TKO. Um, you know, she put a lot of heart into it. It was a great performance, um, but she didn't get performance of the night. And, um, you know, it's kind of a letdown because uh, she revealed badly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She revealed after the fight that she really needed that money. And um, she showed her bank account after her win only had $17 and 70 cents in it. And, um, you know, she wrote, Hey, uh, a bonus would have been nice, Uncle Dana. I'll do better next time. I mean, how sad is it to see somebody go out there? They're legitimately putting their life on the line, body and limb, and life, all their blood and sweat into it. And what has she got to show for it, dude? $17.70? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, I agree with that. I think that the fighter pays a big issue here. But also, I mean, I didn't watch this fight in full transparency. Did I, did you watch highlights of this by chance? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I wonder like how how significant was the TKO? I know Mackenzie Dern got a, a bonus. I'm pretty sure uh, she had a pretty good submission. Yeah, yeah, a pretty nasty armbar, uh, and she got a bonus for that. And there was a, there was like four or five. Four people, yeah. Comstock yeah. got one. Um, I can't remember who the others were, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's always two sides to the story. I mean... <laughs> they, they can't give it out to everybody. Yeah, but... you can't give everybody who wins a performance, you know, performance of the night. But there was no fight of the night. There was just performance of the night bonuses for whatever reason. But you know what? It's it's beyond that, dude. It's not even, you know, I know she made a point about the fight of the night, but that's just because they're like, you know, the way that the UFC has strategized this, it's like... They have they're paying these guys low and then they get their hopes up with this fight of the night. And they're like, well, if you do good, then we'll give you a little bit more money. It shouldn't be like that. That's actually a um, you know, that's that's like a really um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a scumbag kind of strategy yeah. there, in my opinion. Yeah, they shouldn't have to. I mean, yeah, give them 50 grand, but don't start them out so low. They should be getting 50 grand off the rip. Every one of these fighters should be getting more than 200 grand a year minimum they should be coming into the ufc oh you got signed for the ufc oh it's black panty night at home buddy you just made 200 grand this year <laughs> i don't know what that reference is but that sounds connor like it's connor mcgregor it's a connor okay. connor mcgregor thing um new new episode title just happened <laughs> black panty night buddy <laughs> anyway um yeah i think that 
I, I just think that they should be getting paid 200 grand. I mean, they have to pay their camps. They have to pay all of their training partners. You know, they have to dish out all this money up front and, um, and then in hopes that things go their way. Yeah. What if she didn't win the, I mean, what is she going to do for money now? You know, it's just, it's a sham. It's a shame. It's a sham and a shame. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, they need to do better. This is unacceptable. Sham. Wow. Sham. Wow. Is right. (laughs) Yeah. I agree with you, man. I do agree with you. I think, uh, somebody I, I was listening to at one point said, you know, that, really just the win the, the 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 purse for winning should be enough right like the purse for winning should be more substantial than it is for a lot of these fighters and like the bonus thing just like you said like you shouldn't have to count on the bonus in order to feel like you made a significant um you know profit or revenue or whatever off your fight you know yeah it's like a I win well win should be good enough what like did i do it in this flat did i do it like a Superman punch off the cage for a knockout, you know, or I, I don't, I mean, like who makes yeah. the decision? Like, is, is it Dana sitting in a room watching the replays and saying like, yeah, I think that was cool enough. I don't, I mean, like, I don't know how that decision is actually made. Is it, is there some favoritism in there? Do men get more performance the night bonuses than women? Um, big names probably get them. Yeah. Big exactly. names probably get them more than, you know, prelim fighters usually. Yeah. And that's kind of the sucky thing because the big name fighters are already getting bigger purses to begin with. Yeah. I can understand how they're like trying to create this like atmosphere of competition. Um, but, right. you know, <laughs> basic needs, guys, basic needs. All right. Even if even if you lose your fight, you shouldn't have to be. Even if you come in and you lose your fight, you shouldn't have to be worried when you go home that you're not going to have enough bank money in your bank account. It is prize fighting, but give them enough money, even if they're losing, to live their life. Give them a lot more money if they win. And if they win in a spectacular fashion, then that's like they hit the jackpot. And then, of course, for anybody that's in the top 15, anybody in the top 15, I mean, you know, frankly, they should be making, they should be making, you know, a million dollars a year. I feel like each one of those guys should all be getting paid millions. Yeah. And anybody that's not in the top 15, at least give them enough to get by, you know, right. even if they're losing. Yep. And, and I, I think 200 grand, but you know, and then you got Dana over here showing off his hotel room at the, uh, at Yas Island. He's got like a full workout. I don't know if you saw that video, but it is it is way too lavish, way Wait, too much. What happened? I, I missed this. Dana White did like a cribs of his uh, of his uh, suite on Yaz Island, and it is in, absolutely insane. Um, you got to go watch it, guys. If you haven't seen it, go watch it and just see how freaking extravagant this thing is. It's crazy, and um, and then you got the fighters struggling with you know seventeen dollars in their bank account when. You know, he's over here making half a billion dollars, you know, living it, living it up. I mean, he's got money to spare, dude. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, so go ahead. I was to say the last thing I, I had really just to kind of bring up was a mention of Leon Edwards. I mean, Leon Edwards is a he's on an eight fight win streak. He's he's a British fighter. Uh, I think his last fight was against Rafael dos Anjos. He, he won that fight. Uh, he's 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 calling out fighters left and right i mean he's been known to call out i think jorge masvidal a couple of different fighters um but interestingly enough he caught the attention of steven wonderboy thompson so we haven't seen wonderboy fight in a while and he actually took to twitter for the first time this is the yeah. first time he's ever done this steve he, he wonderboy's too nice of a guy to call out any fighters he has too much respect for everybody he, he made his first twitter call out and actually reached out to Leon. It was like the nicest Twitter call out that's ever happened in the UFC. Here's what it says, word for word. All due respect, Leon Edwards, which I have a lot for you. I have been saying I would like to fight you for a while now. It makes sense and would and it would be a great matchup. I think that was my first Twitter call out ever. Man, that felt weird. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I've wondered this myself for a while. Like, what happened to Wonder Boy? Like, Wonder Boy was this this massive like prospect for a long time, and like he just disappeared. 
Like I think he lost his last fight, I believe. I don't remember well, who it was against. Well, he lost. Uh, he lost against Tyrone Woodley twice. Well, he drawed once and then lost to him the second time. And then th- you remember that Superman punch off the cage by Anthony Pettis? Yeah, that was him. Yeah. Um, and then he fought Vicente Luque and beat Vicente Luque. I'm pretty sure. Or maybe that was his last fight. Was his last fight against Vicente Luque? Yeah, he did win his last fight. That was in November of last year. So it's literally been almost a year since he fought, but also a year, almost a year since Leon Edwards fought. And he's on an eight-fight win streak. Like, yeah, what's happening he was, there? Well, he was trying to fight Jorge Masvidal, and then right. Jorge just kind of, like, exploded and um, was, you know, got the BMF title and, you know, fought for the, the actual title and, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, didn't really have time for him. Yeah, I mean, I he's, Leon's currently ranked number three. Obviously, Gilbert Burns is ranked number two. He's got a fight coming up with Kamara Usman. Colby Covington's now ranked number one, interestingly. Um, he's ranked above Gilbert Burns. I think that's deservedly so. And Leon Edwards sitting at number three, Jorge at number four, Steven at number five. So I think it makes sense. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I'm surprised that Leon Edwards hasn't been like put up against you know, like a, like Colby or Gilbert Burns or something like that. I but, think that's uh, what he was calling for. He was calling for a fight with Colby Covington, essentially saying, you know, Tyron Woodley was saying that he wanted to take out, I don't want to get politics too involved in this, in this podcast podcast, but we all know that uh, Colby Covington sports the red MAGA hat all over the place. Um, Tyron Woodley was talking about black lives matters, you know, in his, in his uh, pre-fight interviews, things like that. And, you know, Tyrone saying he's going to take out this racist guy or whatever. Now Leon saying that he's going to be the one to take him out since Tyrone couldn't, couldn't get the job done. Um, so he's calling for Colby Covington, a fight with Colby Covington. I think that would be a great matchup. But then Steven's like, hey, hey, I'm over here, man. I've been, I've been asking to fight you for a long time. Don't forget about me. I'm going to be, I'm going to do a super nice Twitter call out. <laughs> um, so, oh, man, that could be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I would like to see that fight. That that sounds like a good one. Um, so, you know, I just got one little bit of news. Uh, John Dodson got released from the UFC. Uh, so if you guys follow the, uh, if you guys follow the um, flyweight uh, division at all, um, you know you know about John Dodson. Um, and so uh, he's been around for such a long time in the UFC. Uh, so I don't know the reasons behind it, but I know that he's been on a, a losing streak for a while now, lost his most recent fight. So he's been let go. And uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but Donald Cerrone got recognized for passing 50 uh, clean USADA tests. So bravo to him. I mean, Jesus, he one of the most tested people or what? But um, <laughs> it's awesome to see, you know, such a, a popular guy, a beloved person, a beloved fighter um, who's just clean, man. He's all around clean, hasn't had to cheat. And uh, he's just he's just that good naturally. Pretty good. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You definitely don't hear that story very much these days. Even the yeah. even the most respected of fighters like TJ Dillashaw get mixed up in the wrong stuff. <laughs> yeah, what a trash master he is. Anyway. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. All right. I don't like TJ. I think he's a. I just don't like TJ. I don't like him at all. Yeah. Um, he's, he's coming back soon. He is. I think that t- that timer's almost up, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It Gosh, is man. Time flies, doesn't it? Speaking of time being up, I feel like we've reached our limit here for the day, uh, for the night. On that note, on that note, I want to remind you all to follow our show here on Twitch, like and subscribe on YouTube. Also, subscribe on Spotify and your favorite podcast player, or your your or your favorite podcast player, or both. Whatever you want to do, if you really want to help us grow, share this episode with a friend. As always, we appreciate your support, and we're glad you're here. Yes, absolutely. I do want a quick shout out. We switched podcast distribution platforms. We're now working with Anchor FM. Excited to excited to be working with Anchor. Um, you can find us in hopefully more places now. We're actually on Amazon Music now, so check us out there if you're an Amazon subscriber. You should be able to get us to pop up on your Alexa device. That'd be pretty cool. If you can make oh, cool. that happen, let us know. That'd be cool to see. Uh, but yeah, man, we're out there. We got the website going on, blogs multiple distribution you know points so make sure you check us out and as as reese just mentioned if you have a friend who's into the ufc into craft beer technology or video games make sure you tell them about our show 
we want to continue to grow and, and interact with you guys and just build a little bit of a community. So make sure you stop by and say hi in your favorite place. We're also pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. So make sure you check us out there too. And I think we're going to be having a another interview coming up soon too. Do you, do we got that planned out yet? Yeah, we can't announce that just yet. I think it's still in the in the works. We got another guest episode coming out. Um, but if there's anyone that you guys out there want to see us, um, you know, have an interview with or have on as a guest, then maybe another podcast host or a specific brewery you're interested in, or you know, even a UFC fighter. We had we had had the possibility of bringing on a UFC fighter. We haven't really explored that much yet, but not out of the out, not off the table completely. Um, you guys let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll look into that for sure. Sounds good, man. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. So really quick before we wrap up, just a reminder that like you said, at the beginning of the show, we won't be putting out our normal episode on Friday, but we will be back next week. Absolutely. With a weigh-ins episode on Tuesday, um, unless something happens out of the ordinary, but we will be recapping the happenings of UFC 253. So make sure you check in with that. I can't wait. I might not be able to watch it, though, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. All right, man. Um, I think that's it, dude. Let's uh, let's close it out. We're good to go, right? Let's do it. Yep. That's, that's, that's all we got. So until next time, guys, thank you for listening in, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Have a great time. We'll see you next time. See ya.